opening and closing theme is by Midnight Syndicate. For more dark instrumental music like it, visit www.midnightsyndicate.com or find them on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or Alexa. True crime stories are discussed in this podcast, which may contain graphic and disturbing content. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Freshly Brew Noir. I'm Summer. And I'm Jennifer. And this is episode 21, first episode of the new year, Futoshi Matsunaga. Yes. Happy New Year's, everybody. Yes. Hope you enjoyed and celebrated, had lots to drink. Right. We did. We were at a friend's house at the manor. It's very exclusive. We can't share details, but it was a wonderful time. Yeah, it was very lit. That's all we can say. say. (laughs) (laughs) So we hope you had a safe one as well and wishing everybody better things in 2022. And we're bringing in the new year with a pretty awful case. We are. But we gave you the coffee break. So hopefully that was a fun, light episode for you to enjoy before we just dive right back into the awfulness that is humanity. Yes, we had fun recording the New Year's Eve one. We did. Dressed up at our velvet <laughs> dresses because well, we're mine so fancy. Wasn't, mine wasn't velvet. Yours was the cute velvet one. Mine was just the black. It was just black. Okay. All right. Well. The tequila made you think it was velvet. (laughs) It wasn't. (laughs) Tequila does do that to me. (laughs) I think everything is soft and velvet. Right. (laughs) Oh, but yeah. So, fun times. And now, here we are to bring you this horrible story. (laughs) It, It really is pretty bad, you were saying. And I haven't had time to read the show notes, but you gave me a little bit of information and I'm already not excited about it. It sounds terrible. Yeah. So just like I was with Eiler, I think you may be similar here. With some trigger warnings? Because you said there's things about children, right? Yes. Yeah. The trigger warnings, it'll contain descriptions of torture, domestic abuse, and deaths of children. So it's a little similar to the Hello Kitty episode, if you're trying to like gauge, yeah, that was how awful. awful. This is like that. This but is with similar. Children, oh. Yeah, similar to that. So this is a case about a man named Futoshi Matsunaga, whose crimes took place in Japan in 1996 to 1998, in which the details of the crimes were too gruesome for the mass media to report on. The Japan Times reported that the prosecutor said the case is without comparison in the criminal history of our country. However, it's still not a well-known case to this day. I haven't heard of it. I hadn't either until I came across it. And so you'll be disturbed. Okay. You've been warned. So this dude, Futoshi, was born on April 28, 1961 in Kokura Kitaku, Kitakyushu in the Fukuoka Prefecture. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) You were worried about pronouncing stuff, but that was great. Rolled off the tongue. The many years of watching anime has helped me in my (laughs) Japanese. (laughs) And subsequently grew up in Yanagawa, Japan. His father owned a tatami mat shop, and his family was pretty well off because of this. If you're not familiar, tatami is a straw mat that you can roll up and fold, and is used in Japanese flooring. Futoshi had a fairly normal childhood. He was doted upon by his mother and grandmother. He was a good student and became class president, which also resulted in him joining the student council. Now, even though he was a smart kid, he was known in school for having disciplinary issues. In high school, he ended up having to be transferred to an all-boys school for living with and having a relationship with a junior high girl. This caused him to be charged with statutory rape. He was known to be a charmer in a negative sense because he was so good at lying. One of the students who knew him said that he wasn't a team player, 
and would take advantage of situations to get his way. Like he was just manipulating people. Yes. From a very young age, he was just a manipulative douche. The makings of a murderer. Yeah. And he didn't even have a bad childhood. So he was just evil. He was just born that way. Like keys. Yes. So we'll see how he starts off. Okay. So he did push out one of the captains of a club just because he wanted that position. And that's when he started to lie and see that he could manipulate people to get what he wanted. In later years, he would tell people that he graduated from Tokyo University, which was an elite school in the country at that time, and that he was a novelist or a lecturer from Kyoto University, which was another elite school. Isn't Kyoto where we're going to travel? Tokyo and Kyoto is where, yeah. For one of our business trips in the future. Yeah, before the pandemic hit, we were planning our Japan trip. We were about to book our tickets. Who knows if we would have been back here. If we had, <laughs> we could have been stuck in Japan for a long time. Right. Wow. And yes. We wouldn't have even brought our work laptops. We wouldn't have known. So we had we... to get new jobs, I guess. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, but eventually we'll make it there to yes, Japan. Eventually. After high school, he took over the family business and purchased a new building for it. Instead of selling tatami mats, he began selling Japanese futons, which were big in the 80s and 90s. One of my brothers had one. Everyone had one, right? I think so. Yeah. (laughs) I think they were big around that time. Yeah. When he was 19, he got married to his wife, and she was pregnant with their son. Futoshi used his charming ways to get with multiple women outside of his marriage and reportedly had up to 10 mistresses. He was a busy boy. He was a ladies' man. And I don't know why. Like a Donald Draper? He was not attractive. A mm. lot of people say that he looked like Kermit the Frog. How do you get all the ladies? Just that manipulation? Just his charm, I guess. Okay. You'll see what he can get people to do, and it's just shocking. I'm like, how did you convince someone to do this? He's going to come back to my place. I got a futon. <laughs> like, oh, what? <laughs> That's what got all the ladies. <laughs> Those futons will pull you in. I know. One of these women included high school classmate Junko Ogata, who he reconnected with, and he invited her to work for him at his company. Prior to working with him, Junko was a kindergarten teacher. One of her students had gotten injured, and his father was a gang member who had threatened her. She reached out to Futoshi for help, and he was more than willing to help her. Whatever he did made the threat stop, and the two would start dating, even though he was married. (laughs) Well, she's just number 11, right? He's like, what's one more? I know. (laughs) He'd ask her about her dating life and would become jealous and beat her. He branded her by burning her with cigarettes on her breasts. Oh, my gosh. And tattooing his name on her thigh. He isolated her by making her cut off all ties with her male friends. And as we know, that's kind of how... a sign of how, yep. They try to isolate. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. On Christmas Eve in 1982, Futoshi held a work party where he invited a few of his mistresses, including Junko. His like It's like a little harem, right? Right. He's like, let me just bring all my mistresses in. (laughs) He didn't even care. He was just that bold. (laughs) Okay, dude. His wife was aware of his cheating and was a victim of his emotional, physical, and verbal abuse. So he was abusing her, too. Basically everybody in his life he just abused. Physically and emotionally? Yes. She was still pregnant and wanted to leave many times, but as we know, the time in which a domestic abuse victim tries to leave is the most dangerous, so she stuck around. Yeah. Junko and Futoshi would continue to become closer to the point where she also fell victim to his assaults. 
Futoshi would attack his wife and Junko at the same time, and his wife would try to fight back, but Junko always suffered in silence. As she probably figured, like, it'll be over soon. Oh, poor thing. There was an incident when Futoshi was assaulting Junko, and he told her to lick mayonnaise off of the floor. His wife told him to stop since their child was in the room, but she bent down and licked it off like she'd been told. The daughter? This was Junko. The mother? No, Junko Junko was one of the mistresses, yeah. There's so many. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Junko is a key part to the story, so remember her. She is the mistress, and she went and licked it off the ground. Yes. So he likes to humiliate them. Oh, yeah. He took great pleasure in that. Like, he loved having that power over people. These events of violence would increase, and his wife couldn't take it anymore, so she ran away with her child and filed a report with the police. Good for her. Glad she got out. Yeah. She filed divorce papers, and Futoshi searched for her during this, but was unable to locate her or their son. The searched for the wife? The wife. So the wife ran away, and Futoshi tried to find her, but he couldn't. Oh, Futoshi tried to find her. Okay. Yeah. Good. I'm glad he couldn't find her. Right. And she later reported that if he found her, she knows that he would have murdered her. I'm sure. Yeah. In 1984, he was still married, officially, even though... Officially married, right. Yeah. She's probably like, I don't even want to be near him to try and file for divorce because of her safety. She just stayed away. Yeah. Well, she did file divorce papers, but it was still like in the works. It wasn't official at that time. Oh, okay. And he was still dating Junko, and he even promised to marry her, which he does a lot. He promises to marry these women, and they're all for it. <laughs> what was his appeal? I don't know. Do <laughs> you have a picture of him? We can look him up if you want to. While you're reading that, I'm going to look him up. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so this relationship was still filled with abuse, which would extend towards her family Her mom, Shizumi Ogata, did not approve of this relationship because of obvious reasons. And Futoshi knew this, and he asked to meet her at a hotel to speak about this. But his true motive was to rape her in retaliation. So he raped her mom. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. But then he even would use this as blackmail, stating that, like, he'd tell the family, like, if you say anything, I'm going to tell people, like, what we've been doing. Being raped? Yeah. That's supposed to... Oh, because of, like, the shame it brings to the family and things like that? Yeah. Oh so she wouldn't say anything. What year was this? 1984. Okay, so... Is this him? Yes. <laughs> He's not attractive. See, Do you see the Kermit the frog type of resemblance? There is a green cast to that one picture. <laughs> <laughs> so it could be. Could be, but... He wouldn't pull you. No, he's not my type. <laughs> no, I think we can both agree on that. No, murderers are not my type. But the thing is, we'll see later, he's not really a murderer. He, <gasps> he never murders anybody. Oh. Really. Okay. So the rape would happen multiple times with the mother. What? Sadly, yeah. He would use that against her and it just became a, a consistent awful. thing yeah so the abuse would get to junko while she was at work and she'd pass out from the physical and emotional stress and fatigue sometimes she wouldn't even show up she attempted to commit suicide at her parents home in 1985 and he convinced her that her family hated her because of all the previous men she had dated and this would cause her to move in with him shortly after so he convinced her her family hated her and isolated her from that oh and then she ended up believing it Yep. So when it came to his professional life, Futoshi was known to carry on his abusive and manipulative behavior. 
he would electrically shock his employees. What? Right? Yeah. I was, I was like, how did he get a bad a, work environment? How did people stay at this job? <laughs> like, <laughs> shock them? With so he, what? With open wires or with a stun gun in a soundproof room that he built on the third floor. What? Yeah. How was he allowed to build that? Was it his own building? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was his own building. So he built like his torture chamber workplace. Like work is hard enough. Yeah, without being shocked. I don't know how he got away with that. This guy's crazy. Yeah, employees told police that they were abused if they didn't follow Futoshi's orders, and he'd encourage his employees to abuse or torture each other if they didn't do the underhanded business tactics, like sell low quality futons at a high price. <laughs> oh my god. If you're not selling those futons and making a big profit uh, margin, you know. <laughs> go to the soundproof room, gonna get shocked. And then you could shock each other. But then wouldn't you be like, Jennifer, let's go up to that soundproof room. Uh, oh, no, I won't shock you. <laughs> I, I just want to show you some, this is where we keep the paper clips now. How do you convince someone to even go up there? It's all mind blowing to me how this <laughs> was turned a real thing against happening against each other. He's oh, yeah. just all around a jerk. Oh, yeah. You'll see how crazy this gets. He also would engage in acts of fraud and blackmail, which is his usual thing, mm-hmm. which led to him stealing 180 million yen, which equates to about like $1.6 million. Whoa. Futoshi loved his lies of grandeur. When a female customer would walk into his shop, he'd flirt with them and tell them whatever they wanted to hear. One time, there was a woman who he really liked, and he convinced her that he was in a band because she really loved <laughs> folk music. He's too like, able. I'm in a boy band. <laughs> yes. K-pop. But listen to this. It? He would also threaten his employees to start a band with him and invested money in musical equipment and set up. Afterwards, there would be mandatory practices <laughs> in the office. Okay. <laughs> or you get shocked. <laughs> and naturally, he was the lead singer. Of course. But when his members would tell him that he was singing off key, he would beat them and tell them that they just needed to match his singing because it was perfect. So you need to sing off key, too. <laughs> <laughs> you just need to follow me so and I, it will be perfect. So okay? I could have been on there because I can sing off key very easily. Yeah. He would have loved having me on his band. Oh, he would have. You would his have band. definitely been a part of his harem. No. <laughs> <laughs> No way. (laughs) He kept up the act to the point where they even had live performances and they were awful. So he did this all for a girl. Yeah. Okay. Was she impressed at all? Well, well, when he lost interest, he just didn't care anymore. And then the band like shut down? Fell apart. Yeah. Aw. Disbanded. I'm sure they're like, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) That was brutal. I know. I'm tired of singing and then getting like electrocuted. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe he had the band room and the electrocution room. Two birds with one stone. Oh, it was a soundproof room. Right. He's like, let's do our music in here. And if you mess up, unplug the guitar. Yeah. Get the wires out. That may have been his strategy. That is terrifying. This is the most we could, like, probably make fun of him. Cause... I'm going to start crying on some of the next ones, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. What was his band's name? You know, they didn't make up a name, but... The Electric Shocks. The folk music, maybe. <laughs> For some reason, he thought he had some sort of spiritual power, and he would yell at a male customer saying that he could see a spirit behind him and that it was sucking away his fortune. A futon distributor walked into Futoshi's office one day to inquire about, like, bulk inventory. However, the conversation flipped into an interrogation of the distributor, and Futoshi convinced him to work for him because he said he could tell that he was going to end up in a financial crisis. 
So he was really good at manipulating people. Little did he know that Futoshi was going to take him to a condo where he was keeping his employees hostage for two years. He threatened... The band? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyone who wasn't in the band. <laughs> he threatened anyone who tried to escape and would starve, beat, and electrocute them. And the wages that they were <sighs> supposed to get would go to Futoshi and his friends when they would go out and party. God, and they couldn't escape? I actually couldn't find like what happened to this group of people. But it's noted that he just had people hostage in a building. So I don't know if they were found or... If they died or what. Hopefully they got lots of therapy and hugs after this and probably... Found a better job. Yeah, they probably had no electrical things around them at all, ever. (laughs) I feel like everything needs to be on battery or gas because this house is not going to be electrical. I would have some serious PTSD. They would. I bet they had serious... If they survived, they did. Yeah. So Junko, at this point, would help run the business and participate in the fraudulent activity. One of the mistresses. Junko was the main mistress. The main mistress, okay. Mm-hmm. She'd open up credit cards in friends' and family's names and charge them up. Once her friends and family found out about the charges, Futoshi and Junko would yell and threaten them to pay off the debt. Friends and family would state that they were surprised at the change in Junko's personality. Remember, she used to be a kindergarten teacher. Yeah. Who loved kids. Eventually, the business would end up going bankrupt, and they had stolen so much money that in 1992, the couple was placed on Japan's most wanted list. Well, if you have a business and you spend all your time shocking your employees and creating a band, yes, you're not going to make money. And blackmailing, stealing money (laughs) did not help. No. The couple moved into a condo together while avoiding law enforcement. In 1993, Futoshi seduced a woman and convinced her to leave her husband. And he does, I don't know how he gets these women, these married women, to leave their husbands. But he does. And they I'm do. I'm the futon. He's like, I have a futon business and I'm in a band. Even though it's bankrupted. <laughs> he probably lied about it. I'm sure, yeah. So he told the woman that Junko was his sister. The woman had three kids, <laughs> but sadly, one of the kids passed away due to unknown circumstances. This caused the other two kids to live with their father and his family. During this relationship, Futoshi was able to defraud this woman of 11.8 million yen. Wow. Which is approximately like 104,000 bucks. Her body was found in March of that year and is a supposed suicide by drowning. Oh, she was probably murdered. Yeah, it's speculated that Futoshi had something to do with this, but there's no evidence. Like, they they don't have any evidence to confirm that. Talk to his former employees. I know. But this is probably before he was, like, on the radar for, like, murders. Okay. Or making people commit suicide or murder. Mm -hmm. Because you said he never actually... Right. Is the one that murders people. We'll see. Okay. His next victim would be a real estate agent, Kumio Toraya. This one's going to be tough. So Kumio Toraya and his daughter, Kumio trusted Futoshi, not knowing any better, and told him that he had a criminal background. I did hear that he would use alcohol to kind of get information out of people. So probably one time when he was drunk, he told him... Like, he had some kind of criminal background. The real estate agent had a criminal background? Yes. Okay. Futoshi took this information and used it for blackmail. Of course he did. As per usual. Yeah. Kumio and his daughter were kept hostage at his condo, and he tortured them there. He forced them to electrically shock each other and consume their bodily waste. Oh. He made Kumio's daughter bite off chunks of flesh from her father. Kumio had scabs all over his body, and they were swollen and bones were visible. 
They had to be wrapped in bandages. He was placed in a wooden cage and repeatedly electrocuted to the point where he couldn't lift his limbs anymore. They were only fed once a day, which was a bowl of rice or ramen, and they had to finish it in a certain amount of time. So they were there was like a timer when they were eating. Futoshi took pictures of the torture, which included Junko shocking the victims, graffiti being drawn over Kumio's face, a picture of him eating in front of a timer, and other horrible activities. While Futoshi and his family sat and ate in the tatami mat rooms, the victims had to sit on newspapers and eat from the floor. The victims would sleep in the wooden box that had a lid and was locked on the outside, but later would be moved to the bathroom and they would sleep on the floor with magazines and newspapers as blankets. They would also be sprayed with icy water in the already cold bathroom. Kumio's daughter was going to school and the neighbors didn't suspect anything because Futoshi would tell them that that was their niece. Oh, man. Oh, my God. They were not allowed to sleep more than three or four hours a night. While Kumio's daughter was at school, he was forced to stand in the bathroom until she returned. But when he couldn't stand anymore, he was beaten. Oh, and he was already so weak from the electric shocks, right? Yeah, from being tortured. After two years of this, Kumio died from the torture on February 26, 1996, at the age of 34. He endured this for two, two years. years. Can you imagine dealing no, with that? No, And then I just can't imagine what makes a person want to do that to another human. I don't. It's true evil. It is. And then the daughter was there, too, and the poor thing was going to school and then coming back and being tortured. Yeah, and having to torture her dad. <sighs> Futoshi convinced his daughter, who was referred to as Girl A, that it was her fault and she needed to get rid of the corpse. He made her write a letter admitting to this and made her and Junko dismember the body and dispose of the body parts he in the ocean. made her ocean. dismember her dad's body. Yep. That poor girl. Uh, Is there any follow-up about her? Is she okay now? Well, we will get into that because they keep her. <sighs> They no. keep her around, and she sees a lot. Okay. After this, their next victim was a friend of Kumio's. Futoshi used his usual tactics, convincing her that he graduated at the top of his class at Kyoto University and promised to marry her. He invited her and her daughter to his condo, and she was beaten, and he extorted money out of her. She escaped by jumping out of a second-floor window. She was committed to a mental hospital, and the couple released the child without incident, luckily. Wow, that's not normal yeah. for them. Right. I mean, it's lucky. I'm glad that they yeah, were Yeah, she was child. really fortunate, huh? And the woman survived, so... Good for her. You go, girl. Jump out of that window. Ooh, like, Man. Can you imagine? A few months later, Matsunaga was getting frustrated because of their lack of money. He convinced Junko to get money from her family. She was... Wait, the family that she already opened up credit cards and their names and took their money? That family? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, that same family. what they have to say? Well, she was unsuccessful mm. in obtaining this Surprising. Money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. You commit fraud with your family's names and they don't want to help you. Hmm. Oh, it gets so much worse. So instead of going back to the house, she left to work at a hostess club in Oita Prefecture. She never came back. Junko? Yeah, Junko never came back. She just disappeared. Yes, she did not want to go back home. The guilt of the crimes that she took part in were starting to weigh on her. 
When Futoshi couldn't find her, he was able to extract information from her mom by blackmailing her with that information of what happened at the hotels. He initiated a plan to fake his own death, got three acquaintances who knew Junko to pretend that he committed suicide, and tell her about his funeral. Junko showed up to the funeral and was shocked to see Futoshi still there and alive. What? Yeah. Guy. Right. He's on another level. He is... He's like diabolical. Like this is something from a movie. Yeah. Who does this? Who plans their own death? Yeah. Just to get somebody to come to the funeral and left you. But first of all, I wouldn't have even shown up to that funeral. I'd be like, good riddance. No, but he knew. See, he knows. He knew she would. Yeah. When he found her, he beat her and brought her back to the condo. No surprise. Once he had captured Junko, he convinced her father, mother, and sister to move into his place. What? How? How did he convince them? I don't know if it was through blackmail or if it was... Maybe blackmail or the threat of him hurting Junko, huh? Probably. I think that's the only thing, but I would move in there and literally just... I would murder that person if they hurt my daughter. Yeah. (laughs) And this is a whole family. Five people. Sure, we'll move in with you, buddy. This one person. Take it. So he was just on another level with his manipulative ways. Yeah. It's crazy. But I, I think these type of individuals, they seek out people they know they can manipulate. I really do. Definitely. Because we always think, oh, they should have done this or they should have done that. But that's not the case because they know who to go after. They know who to target. Yeah. Yeah. And it's usually like the kindest people because they're predators. They know how to find them. Sadly, he would get them drunk and talk about family relationships. He would suggest that her parents should get a divorce. He talked about divorcing Junko and then would ask for large sums of money to stay married to her and to not tell the police about her crimes. So he's like placing all of the blame on her. Like mm-hmm. he's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. It's like, but I could, I'm going to go to the police about Junko. Right. So you when better. He's done all these things. Exactly. Exactly. And I guess they see that. Like, well, we don't want anything to happen to our daughter. Yeah. Even though, yes, she's been partaking in like really bad things. Yes. He would use alcohol to get the family members to trust him and spill the details about what they didn't like about each other. And he would use this information to manipulate them. So he'd use it against one another. Like, oh, but, you know, so-and-so said this about you and, like, just would really, like, twist their minds. So on Tequila Tuesdays, he got the deeds. Oh, yes. (laughs) They spilled the tea. The very serious tea. They actually did end up giving him money, and they would continue to work their day jobs and return to the condo, where Futoshi would make them drink and argue about their issues. They were so... This doesn't seem real. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Trust me. They were so sleep-deprived that Junko's mom would even get into her car, and she would get into an accident. Once he wasn't able to get any more money out of the family, he started torturing them, and forcing them to do things for him. Her father, Takashige, was forced to replace the pipes where Kumio's murder took place. And Futoshi said that now he was liable for destruction of evidence in a crime. Oh my, jeez, this guy. I know, it's <sighs> to another level. It is. He would sexually assault Junko's mom, Shizumi, and her sister, Reiko, but would deny it to Junko. Futoshi then invited Junko's sister's husband to his condo. He used to be a police officer, so Futoshi knew he had to be careful with him. 
He was extremely kind to him and would divulge information about his wife to him that he wasn't aware of, like workplace affairs and the fact that she had an abortion. And he eventually got to a place where they were at odds with each other. He was good at coming between people, wasn't he? Wow. Master manipulator. Seriously. And Reiko started divorce proceedings against her husband. He forced the brother-in-law to replace tiles in the bathroom, and then Futoshi told him that he'd be caught for destroying evidence if he went to the police. <laughs> okay. So just have everybody clean up the area, and then they're on the hook for the evidence destruction. Exactly. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> Futoshi then convinced the brother-in-law, Kazuya, I don't think I said his name before, but to bring their children to live with Futoshi in his condo as well. So now there were six so members. Lost. I'm so lost. Of Junko's family why? living at this house. Why, guys? Why? It could be blackmail. It's I mean, gotta be. You can't imagine that anybody would willingly think that that, like, oh, that's a good idea. We'll go live with this sadistic killer. Yeah, like, this sounds safe. This <laughs> sounds like a good idea. No. The parents stopped going to work and the kids were absent from school all the time. They started suffering from mental and physical illnesses. They took out many loans, which they had to give to Futoshi, and they could no longer afford rent on their own homes. At this point, Futoshi had been able to gather 63 million yen, or $555,000 from the family members. Futoshi was constantly physically and mentally torturing the family, with Junko assisting them. While electrocuting Junko's father in December 1997, he died of his injuries. Junko's family including her niece, who was 10 years old, as a group had to dismember the body and dump it into public toilets uh, and rivers. What? Now, it, it gets pretty bad if it's not already bad enough. <laughs> it's already bad. I don't know what they do with all this money, though. It seems like he extorts so much money from people, but what does he do with it? I don't know, because he always runs out of it. He has, what, the band? I'm sure that's expensive. No, that band <laughs> is tourists. not making any money, that's for sure. But he has the office, right? So he's got the office building, then he's got his home. I don't even think he's, like, still there working at that business anymore. So he's just blowing through it. He's just on the run, manipulating people, getting money from them. Yeah. Whoa. I'm so confused by this. It's very perplexing. Yeah. In January of 1998, just a month after Junko's father died, Futoshi got Junko and her sister to hold down their mother... She had been going through spasms from the electric shocks, so their brother-in-law strangled her using an electrical cord. They also dismembered and dispersed her remains in toilets and rivers. In February 1998, he told Junko that he was going to sleep and that he should deal with her sister, who had gone deaf from the repeated electric shocks. Rather than having Reiko suffer even more from torture and electric shocks, they decided to end her life. So Junko's niece held down her mother's legs while Kazuya strangled his wife with an electrical cord. After killing his wife, he sobbed in disbelief of what he did. Yeah. Okay, the first sign of maybe some awareness here? I think that they're obviously being forced to do this. Like, he is torturing them. Yeah, he's showing some, this person, who the brother-in-law is showing some remorse or sadness. Yeah, uh, uh, like what he's being forced to do. I mean, what does he do? I, I just can't understand this yeah and i imagine they're trapped in this home so it's not like they're getting any kind of relief like they can't leave at this point right 
they're sleep deprived. So he puts them in a state of being very vulnerable and susceptible to whatever he wants to do. I'm sure it drives them to insanity. Yeah. Soon after, Kazuya became sick and his body was wearing down from the constant torture and food restrictions. On April 13th, 1998, he drank a can of beer given to him by Futoshi and some anti-drowsiness medication. He died an hour later. His daughter found the body, and Futoshi made the surviving members dismember and dispose of the remains. Mm. Now, Futoshi and Junko were once again the only adults in the home. So all the adults were. So they just have two kids. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. The niece and nephew. The niece and nephew. Okay. And remember, they still have Kumio's daughter, too. So three kids. Yes. Okay. And I, if I haven't mentioned this before, Junko had two kids with him. In the house? Like, she gave birth to two kids. Oh, she did? Yes. Oh. So Futoshi also had some some of some his offspring. own children. Ugh. Yeah. And there's not much about, kids. you know, what happened to his kids. Okay. Hopefully they went off to lead normal lives after. You hope so, yes. Okay, so they still had Kumio's daughter and Aya and Yuki, who were Reiko's kids. The nephew was the only member of the family who had not helped in the murder or disposing of the bodies since he was only five years old. Poor thing. Futoshi mentioned that the nephew was a loose end. The niece and Junko, feeling the nephew would suffer more, just going through the torture, decided to end his life. With the help of Kumio's daughter, on May 17th, 1998, the three females instructed the nephew to lie down on the kitchen floor. His sister told him, I'll take you to meet mom now, as Junko strangled her nephew to death. Together, they dismembered and disposed of the body. I don't feel sorry for Junko anymore. She's terrible. Junko? <laughs> she is yeah, just as she awful. She is just definitely an accomplice. Mm -hmm. And you're going to murder a child? She's just This as is awful. her family. Yeah. And even, it's a child. She's murdering a child. Even if I it know. wasn't her family. Like, how? I know. You're just a terrible human. It's unbelievable all yeah. what happens. And. Now we can kind of see why the media didn't want to, like, report on this case, because... It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's all the bad things. Futoshi then focused on Aya. He shocked her many times and limited her food. Junko said that if her niece was frail, it would be easier to dismember her. So, yeah, we don't give any sympathy to Junko. No, not at all. Futoshi felt the niece might talk and told Kumio's daughter that if the niece was gone, there would be one less mouth to feed. On June 7th, 1998, Futoshi talked to the niece in the bathroom and told Kumio's daughter and Junko that the niece said she wanted to die. The two women approached the niece as she lifted her neck, making it easier to strangle her. She was also dismembered and disposed of. All of the victims' bodies were dismembered and boiled in pots. Apparently, the neighbors could also hear noises and smell the stench of oh. the dead bodies. So did they know it was happening? I, I don't think they had any solid evidence of, you know, what was happening. They just thought something weird was happening over there, but they didn't. They probably yeah, wouldn't imagine out, that. You're not imagining that, you know. How could you? Boiling your family members. So they probably just thought they're not clean or something, huh? Possibly, yeah. Like, to think this is reality is already Yeah, crazy. you can't imagine that. That would not be where your head goes. I mean, it may be where ours will go now if I smell anything weird from my neighbors. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I'm in a in an apartment right now while we're building the house. I have one neighbor. I don't know who it is, but right now all I smell is the Mary Jane. The Mary Jane. <laughs> I 
you know, I've that no was normal for me when I had my apartment. Yeah. And I'm up high, so the smell rises. You get some secondhand up in there. <laughs> no. I keep the candles burning. I don't need to be any more tired and hungry, so Very no, true. thank you. <laughs> Very true. After the death of the six members of Junko's family, Futoshi was also looking for a new way to make more money, so he found a woman who he convinced to get divorced and marry him. He forced the woman to put her two children in his care and provide child support. To make enough money to pay him, the woman ended up working in a sex shop. She gave him 25 million yen. How is he getting all this money from these women? <laughs> I don't know. It's like he's a... Uh... He's looking for sugar mamas yes. or something from and, married women. And they are willing. It's insanity. It's absurd. Yeah. Kumio's daughter was now a teenager living with Futoshi and Junko. She was tortured, asked to torture. And this was the first girl that was, like, biting the chunks yes. out of her dad. Oh. Girl A. She is still there. She's still there. And she's a teenager now? She was, I think she was too scared to leave, you know? I'm sure. Yeah. Kids, that's traumatic. And so you can manipulate a poor child that's nothing on the child it's not her fault no way yeah not at all but she's a teenager now yes and she's still there yeah so futoshi would make sure she was involved in the crimes right because she probably wants to blackmail her and say you can't leave us because we'll just say yes we're an accomplice exactly and so when she was living with them she was also responsible for taking care of the kids and that also included the twins that were now living with them the teenager yes okay On January 30th, 2002, she decided it was time to make her escape, as everyone around had been killed off one by one, and she felt she might be next. Good. See, that spark, that teenage rebellion can be useful to her, because then she said, I've got to get out. It initiated something in her. I'm glad she took advantage of that, yeah. Yes, please tell me she gets out safely. I will tell you about what happened. (laughs) No spoilers? No spoilers. (laughs) So she escaped. She ran away to her grandparents' home and told them she was on a business trip. They were not aware of her confinement or her father's death. Unfortunately, Futoshi was still seeing many women, and that included Kumio's sister. So the first guy, like the real estate agent that was murdered, Mm -hmm. his sister. Oh, (laughs) I I murdered your brother. The bucket of your brother is across Japan. It's in the ocean. But let's get married. Yeah. Uh She had no idea. That's an interesting pickup line. Right. But through her, he was able to locate where Kumio's daughter was. Dang it. So he found her, and he brought her back. Aww. But before she left, she left a note for her grandparents asking for help. Once back with Futoshi, Kumio's daughter was strangled, electrocuted, and she had her fingernails pulled off Ah. using needle-nose pliers. What? Yeah. It was just awful. Yes. The grandparents contacted the police, and a photo was found with the daughter holding her father's heart. Oh, gross. On March 7, 2002, Futoshi and Junko were arrested. The couple was identified, and Kumio's daughter's confession started a murder investigation. Okay, so she's safe now. Yes. But she's the, the only surviving one besides the twins, right? Yeah, the police took custody of the kids, kids mm-hmm. with and those twins Junko. Okay. that were left from that woman. Oh, my God. I forgot about. So the twins were from another woman. Yes. Oh, man. But they were in police custody at this time. Okay. So when police entered Futoshi's home, they found a lot of pornographic photos and videos that he had taken. 
There were even photos where he had taken pictures of naked women walking around with vibrators still inserted inside them. What? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. On October 23rd, 2002, Junko finally turned on Futoshi, and she confessed to her crimes. Now, Junko and Kumio's daughter had confessed, and law enforcement was able to charge both Futoshi and Junko with murder. Good. The trial for the couple began in May of 2003 at the Fukuoka District Court. The couple was charged for murder and confinement of seven people. Junko pleaded guilty, but Futoshi continued to plead innocent, claiming that he only abused the victims because he did not like their attitude and did not intend to kill them because they were his money trees. He insisted that Junko was the one who murdered them on her own. Whatever. You're both trash. I know. Trash people. Mm -hmm. The prosecutors asked for the death penalty for both Futoshi and Junko for murdering five of Junko's relatives, including the two children and Kumio's father. On September 28, 2005, the court sentenced the couple to be executed by hanging. They were found guilty. Oh, this is in 2005. They were still hanging people? I know. That's what I was surprised by. Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. they were. I mean, they deserve it. (laughs) Oh, they deserve way worse. I did not know that people were still being hung. I know. That that was shocking to me as well. They were found guilty of the six murders, but not for killing Kumio, as he had been injured by electrocution, which later resulted in his death. But they're the ones that electrocuted him. I know. I don't understand that. They appealed the decision to the Fukuoka High Court, and in September of 2007, Junko's death sentence was lowered to life in prison. Reasons being that she was involved in domestic violence and tortured, and she suffered because of him. Whatever. There's a lot of people that experience that and do not go and torture and kill children. I do not feel sorry for her. I don't either. Mm -mm. But apparently she also showed remorse, but... I mean, at this point, was it it's fake, too late. though? Right. And was it true remorse or was it just for show to lower her sentence? I really don't know. I mean, how can you, I don't know how you can do such awful things to people. No. But Futoshi's death sentence was upheld. Futoshi appealed the decision once again, and the case was brought to the Supreme Court. His defense argued that he wasn't involved in the crimes and should not get the death penalty. The prosecution felt he abused, assaulted, and coerced those around him to commit crimes. So he wouldn't have to get his hands dirty. Yep. He was never remorseful. He never apologized. And the punishment was justified. In December of 2011, they upheld the death sentence and his sentence was finalized. He's still currently on death row at the Fukuoka Detention Center waiting for his execution. So he's still alive. Wow. Did they still hang people? Um, I think so. I didn't confirm Ooh. that, but I just know he's still alive. According to his son, he became blind from diabetes and requires extra care. I just hope he is suffering. I hope so, too. Yeah. I really do. Just the stuff he did to the kids and those poor people. We talked about this a little bit, but it's just crazy how he was able to control people. And he obviously had his tactics. So he weakened people. He made them vulnerable. Or he targeted already weak and vulnerable people. Yeah. But to manipulate them on that level where they're actually killing each other and torturing each other, that's... I haven't heard of that before. That's I know. Yeah, I haven't either. level. 
And so, and he'd also use alcohol to lower their guard and make them tell him their secrets. That's right. We talked about that. His tequila Tuesdays. Oh, Watch yes. out. Or this is why. This is mm, what happens when you drink alcohol, it. right? Like we you just it. become loose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> loose with the uh, the secrets. <laughs> Obviously, he'd take advantage of that, use that for a blackmail. And as we see, he was able to successfully divide a whole family yeah. and pit them against each other. Like, unbelievable stuff. That is unbelievable. He controlled the movement, sleeping patterns, when you could go to the bathroom and what you could eat, he would only give them certain clothes or refuse to let them bathe or leave the home. He blacked out or boarded up windows, added padlocks, confiscated licenses, phones, and only allowed certain amounts of money for them. So he really kept them isolated in a sense. Yeah. And he never officially killed anyone, but... I think it's safe to say that th- these are his crimes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, it doesn't, you know, put Junko off the hook. No. But still, yeah, he was definitely the one orchestrating everything. Yeah. What they say is he's like a puppet master or like a mastermind. Yes. And so it's scary. Like, he could have easily been a cult leader. He could have. Because he was yes. so manipulative. Mm-hmm. He had that charm that's not in like a good charm. So it's used for evil. This is just a very chilling and (laughs) it really makes you see like the dark side of humanity. Yes. And it just, it makes me feel so bad, especially for the kids. I know. Having to experience that. Right. That's their childhood. I just hope the girl is okay now. So I did read that she is okay. I think it's still, it's something that stays with her. I mean, how could you forget that? But she's trying to live a normal life as much as possible. That's good. She hates Futoshi and Junko. Yeah, they... Obviously. They killed her father. Yes, and made her... Made her... Like, do such awful things to people. Poor girl. So, I'm glad that she made it out. I'm glad she was able to try to find, like, normalcy, but... I hope she has a good life. I do too. Yeah. That's terrible. He just should suffer. I know. I know. So that was the story of Futoshi Matsunaga. That's terrible. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> Bringing it in with the bad vibes. That's so awful. Ugh. Right. This is humanity. It's not everybody, but this exists. We don't have any admiration for serial killers, but we are definitely fascinated by the fact that people can be this way. Yeah, can bring themselves to do such horrible things. To each other, right. Unreal. It is. But it's real. That's the part that's scary. It's real. I wonder if he had hobbies, would he have been all right? But maybe so. With with those kind of guys, you got to be careful. The ones that are the master manipulators, I don't know if they can be saved with hobbies. Yeah, I think it's the ones that would follow the ma- the people that would go into the cult. I think they can be saved, distract them with some yeah. great hobbies, and then get them involved in something wonderful like a coffee cult. Same. <laughs> you just <laughs> stuck with the coffee cult, you would have been fine. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, so this one's like a, a pretty mind-blowing one. But I think next episode, we have another serial killer. Another serial killer. Are we taking a break from them at all? Or we I just, don't think we are. I'm just keep rolling with the serial killers. So I'm covering Samuel Little on our next episode. Yeah. And I know his name, but I don't know like a lot about him. So 
I'll still have research to do when this airs. So yeah, I will find out more about him too. He's one that I know he targeted sex workers and he would draw pictures of them. Actually, his pictures helped to find or identify some of the bodies. Was he a good artist? I wouldn't say he was terrible. I mean, the pictures helped them to identify some of the women. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting one and we'll definitely get into all that. We'll delve into that. Yes. Mm -hmm. But until next time... Stay caffeinated, get hobbies, and don't murder people. Bye!